So, hello again. We are here today. We're still in First Chronicles. We're reading chapter 17, 18. We'll see how far we get. Um, but we're going to start out with Nathan's warning to David in chapter 17. Now, this is almost identical to 2 Samuel 7, 1. So, if you're curious, you want to go back there and see, go for it. Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant, Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in, for I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent, and from one tabernacle to another. Wheresoever I have walked with all Israel, spake I a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have ye not built me an house of cedars? Now therefore, thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote, even from following the sheep, that thou shouldest be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with thee whithersoever thou hast walked, and have cut off all thine enemies from before thee, and have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. Also I will ordain a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, and they shall dwell in their place, and shall be moved no more. Neither shall the people of neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more, as at the beginning. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord will build thee a house, and it shall come to pass when thy days be expired that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne for ever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him that was before thee, but I will settle him in mine house, and in my kingdom for ever, and his throne shall be established for evermore. According to all these words, and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Now we're moving on to David's prayer. And David the king came, and sat before the Lord, and said, who am I, O Lord God, and what is mine house, 
that thou hast brought me hitherto. And yet this was a small thing in thine eyes, O God, for thou hast also spoken of thy servant's house for a great while to come, and hast regarded me according to the estate of a man of high degree, O Lord God. What can David speak more to thee for the honor of thy servant? For thou knowest thy servant. O Lord, for thy servant's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all this greatness in making known all these great things? O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God besides thee according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people Israel, whom God went to redeem, to be his own people, to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness, by driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou hast redeemed out of Egypt, for thy people Israel didst thou make thine own people for ever, and thou, Lord, becamest their God. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house be established for ever, and do as thou hast said. Let it even be established that thy name may be magnified for ever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel. And let the house of David thy servant be established before thee. For thou, O my God, hast told thy servant that thou wilt build him a house. Therefore thy servant hath found in his heart to pray before thee. And now, Lord, thou art God, and hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Now, therefore, let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may be before thee for ever. For thou blessest, O Lord, and it shall be blessed for ever. And now we're moving into chapter 18, which speaks of David's victories. God desires to help, to protect, to give victory to his people when they are faithful to him. We search for strength from the Lord. We seek his face continually. A channel of blessing is then open to our life. God helps us in times of trouble. He gives us freedom from the power of Satan, and he leads us by his Spirit. Now after this it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them, and took Gath and her towns out of the hand of the Philistines. And he smote Moab, and the Moabites became David's servants, and brought gifts. And David smote Hadarezer, king of Zobah, unto Hamath, and he went to establish his dominion by the river Euphrates. And David took from him a thousand chariots, and seven thousand horsemen, and twenty thousand footmen. David also howled all the chariot horses, but reserved of them an hundred chariots. 
And when the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadarezer, king of Zobah, David slew of the Syrians two and twenty thousand men. Then David put garrisons in Syria Damascus, and the Syrians became David's servants and brought gifts. Thus the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. And David took the shields of gold that were on the servants of Hadarezer, and brought them to Jerusalem. Likewise, from Tibhath and from Chun, cities of Hadarezer, brought David very much brass, wherewith Solomon made the brazen sea, and the pillars, and the vessels of brass. Now when To, king of Hamath, heard how David had smitten all the host of Hadarezer, king of Zobah, he sent Hadoram, his son, to king David, to inquire of his welfare, and to congratulate him, because he had fought against Hadarezer and smitten him. For Hadarezer had war with Tel, and with him all manner of vessels of gold and silver and brass. Them also King David dedicated unto the Lord, with the silver and the gold that he brought from all these nations, from Edom and from Moab, and from the children of Ammon, and from the Philistines, and from Amalek. Moreover, Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, slew of the Edomites in the Valley of Salt, eighteen thousand. And he put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites became David's servants. Thus the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, and executed judgment and justice among all his people. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was over the host, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, recorder, and Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Abimelech, the son of Abiathar, were the priests. And Shavsha was scribe, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and the sons of David were chief about the king. Now in chapter 19, we're reading regarding David and the children of Ammon. Now it came to pass after this that Nahash, the son of the... I'm sorry, (laughs) let me try that again. Now it came to pass after this that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, died, and his son reigned in his stead. And David said, I will show kindness unto Hanun, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. And David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father. So the servants of David came into the land of the children of Ammon to Hanun, to comfort him. But the princes of the children of Ammon said to Hanun, Thinkest thou that David doth honor thy father, that he hath sent comforters unto thee? Are not his servants come unto thee for to search, and to overthrow, and to spy out the land? Wherefore Hanun took David's servants, and shaved them, and cut off their garments in the midst hard by their buttocks, and sent them away. Then there went certain, and told David how the men were served, 
and he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Tarry at Jericho until your beards be grown, and then return. And when the children of Ammon saw that they had made themselves odious to David, Hanun and the children of Ammon sent a thousand talents of silver to hire them chariots and horsemen out of Mesopotamia, and out of Syria, Maacha, and out of Zobah. So they hired thirty and two thousand chariots, and the king of Maacha and his people, who came and pitched before Medeba. And the children of Ammon gathered themselves together from their cities and came to battle. And when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the host of the mighty men. And the children of Ammon came out and put the battle in array before the gate of the city. And the kings that were come by themselves in the field. Now when Joab saw that the battle was sent, set against him before and behind, he chose out of all the choice of Israel and put them in array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he delivered onto the hand of Abishai his brother, and they set themselves in array against the children of Ammon. And he said, If the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shalt help me. But if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will help thee. Be of good courage. Let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God. And let the Lord do that which is good in his sight. So Joab and the people that were with him drew nigh before the Syrians unto the battle, and they fled before him. And when the children of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fled, they likewise fled before Abishai his brother, and entered into the city. Then Joab came to Jerusalem. And when the Syrians saw that they were put to the worse before Israel, they sent messengers and drew forth the Syrians that were beyond the river. And Shophak, the captain of the host of Hadarezer, went before them. And it was told David, and he gathered all Israel, and passed over Jordan, and came upon them, and set the battle in array against them. So when David had put the battle in array against the Syrians, they fought with him. But the Syrians fled before Israel, and David slew of the Syrians seven thousand men which fought in chariots and forty thousand footmen, and killed Shophak, the captain of the host. And when the servants of Hadarezer saw that they were put to the worse before Israel, they made peace with David, and became his servants. Neither would the Syrians help the children of Ammon any more. Now we're moving on to chapter 20. War with the Philistines. And it came to pass that day. I'm going to try that again, too. Feeling a little under the weather today. I'm sure it's just one of these seasonal colds going through. Um, so forgive me for 
And it came to pass that after the year was expired, at the time that kings go out to battle, Joab led forth the power of the army, and wasted the country of the children of Ammon, and came and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried at Jerusalem, and Joab smote Rabbah and destroyed it. And David took the crown of their king from off his head, and found it to weigh a talent of gold, and there were precious stones in it, and it was set upon David's head, and he brought also exceeding much spoil out of the city. And he brought out the people that were in it, and cut them with saws, and with harrows of iron, and with axes. Even so dealt David with all the cities of the children of Ammon. And David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. So here it said he cut them with saws. The Hebrew word for cut can also mean to rule or put into subjection. So this could indicate that David was simply subjecting the Ammonites to hard tasks and labor, which involve harrows, saws, axes. <clears throat> okay, moving on to verse 4. And it came to pass after this that there arose war at Gezer with the Philistines, at which time Sibetai the Hushathite slew Sipai that was of the children of the giant, and they were subdued. And there was war again with the Philistines, and Alhanan, the son of Jair, slew Lamhai, the brother of Goliath the Gittite, whose spear-staff was like a weaver's beam. And yet again there was war at Gath, where a man of great stature, whose fingers and toes were four and twenty, six on each hand, and six on each foot. He also was the son of the giant. But when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimeah, David's brother, slew him. These were born unto the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. So now we're moving into chapter 21, which is David's census couple quick notes here. We're going to read about how Satan provoked David to number Israel. God allows Satan to tempt. Here, it's right after David accomplished so much and achieved many great victories. We see the following truths about Satan's temptation of David. First of all, Satan means adversary. He opposes the believer's endeavor to conform to God's will and God's righteous standards. Satan directs his activity most often toward the mind, mostly by way of deception. He deceived David into thinking that God would endorse the census of the nation. In the New Testament, it talks about how as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. We need to take every thought captive. Guard our heart. Guard our mind. Okay. And Satan loves to lead believers into the sins of pride and self-exaltation. Remember, it was after these great victories and accomplishments of David that Satan gained a foothold in David's life. Okay. So we're going to start reading 21 now. 
And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. There it is. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me, that I may know it. And Joab answered, The Lord make his people an hundred times so many more as they be. But, my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then doth my lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Wherefore Joab departed, and went throughout all Israel, and came to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto David. And all they of Israel were a thousand thousand, and an hundred thousand men that drew sword. And Judah was four hundred threescore and ten thousand men that drew sword. But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. So it's possible the people of Israel were sympathetic with David's desire to number the people. Joab knew that numbering the people was sinful and would bring guilt upon Israel. Presumably, the majority of the people were guilty of favoring the numbering of Israel. There's, through a spirit of national pride, they participated in this sin and then became subject to judgment. Verse 8, And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing, but now I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. So here David sinned, taking personal pride in God using him for great purposes within the kingdom. By numbering the people, he was kind of attempting to exalt himself and Israel to rely on their strength nationally. This is boasting, which inevitably leads to a spirit of self-trust and superiority. It doesn't help you to live a life of faith and humility. David should have remembered all the victories of Israel that were accomplished by God's help. We should never boast in our own greatness within God's kingdom, but in our weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon us. Okay, verse 9. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Choose thee, either three years' famine, or three months, to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtaketh thee, or else three days the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. Now therefore advise thyself what word I shall bring again 
to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me now fall into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel seventy thousand men. David confessed his sin. He sincerely repented. He was forgiven, but God still carried out the punishment upon him and the people. Sin often receives divine punishment, even after we confess and we are forgiven. By causing his disobedient children to endure the temporary consequences of sin, God is honoring his law, upholding his authority, and purifying his people while showing himself to be a righteous ruler. Verse 15. And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld. And he repented him of the evil, and said to the angel that destroyed, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. The Lord is good. He can feel pity upon even those who deserve even upon those who deserve punishment. He can feel pity. Isn't that it's powerful? It really it really is. Because of his love and mercy and compassion, God may shorten or even cancel a punishment which he is intended to carry out. Okay, verse 16. And David lift up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. And David said unto God, Is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be upon me and on my father's house, but not on my people, that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David, that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel, and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat, and as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David, and went out <laughs> and as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David, and went out of the threshing floor, and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, 
that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. And King David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place six hundred shekels of gold by weight. And David built there an altar unto the Lord, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings, and called upon the Lord, and he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. And the Lord commanded the angel, and he put up his sword again into the sheath thereof. Now here they're preparing to build the temple. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, then he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of the burnt offering, were at that season in the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid because of the sword of the angel of the Lord. So we're going to stop there. A couple things to take away. David took over this threshing floor for Ornan. I think it says a lot for every one of us that he would not just accept it as a gift. It needed to cost him something. I think there's so many times that it's important for us to remember when we are giving to God that our sacrifices, they are going to cost us something. But we can still give willingly and joyfully to the Lord.